0: Welcome to the ARS Technicast, where we bring you the latest in the worlds of computing, technology, science, and everything else in between. During each episode, a group of ARS staffers will dig deep into some of the issues we've covered on the site. We'll also talk about some of the other stuff we're doing when we're not circling the ARS orbiting headquarters. I am your host, Senior Apple Editor Jackie Chang, and on this week's show, we have Associate Writer Casey Johnston. Hello. Associate Writer Andrew Cunningham. Hey, guys and social editor Cesar Torres. It's good to be back. Hello. <laughs> so, you know, no matter how nerdy we all are, we've all had some kind of disastrous incident in our lives where we lost data or we dropped a computer down the stairs or accidentally set our backups on fire or something. Um this show is about those incidents and how those of us on staff kind of deal deal with those things when they happen. Um not of us not all of us have the most graceful solutions <laughs> when these things happen, but um you know, we all kinda have that crazy story, so we just thought we would dedicate a whole show to it. And um so I thought I would kick off by uh by saying anyone who knows me personally knows that I am like the clumsiest person ever, um, especially with my phones and you know, handheld gadgets. And so I'm constantly dropping them um dropping them in water. I've dropped iPhones in in like the cat's water bowl before. Um I've I've smashed at least two iPhone screens. And one time I was at a bar with friends and Cesar actually has it on video of uh people after I dropped my iPhone and the screen shattered. People were making fun of me and making fun of my poor phone. And um unfortunately, well if it's water related, apparently I am awesome at at fixing it because um I've spilled water in laptops dropped whole things into water and I always managed to dry it out <clears throat> just fine just by like sitting it on the windowsill, uh, for a couple of days and just kind of resisting the urge to mess with the stuff. And I always have good luck. Um, but if I'm breaking screens, obviously that's not very good luck. I, I like one time I had a laptop on the edge of my desk and the cat jumped up and then the whole thing flipped over onto the floor and the screen was shattered and it, I ended up just selling it because I didn't really feel like dealing with it. So, um, I guess that's not really a graceful recovery from those kinds of disasters, but it happens to me all the time. So um, that <clears throat> have you guys... This stuff
1: is the, is the worst because with Apple especially, like if you if you break the screen, <laughs> they will charge you easily like two-thirds what the entire computer costs just to replace the screen.
0: Oh, I know. With this, it was a MacBook Pro, and um, yeah, I think it must have been like at least $1,000 to oh, replace okay. the screen. So Yeah. It's definitely not a good thing to um, do that to Apple products.
2: I've actually um, tricked Apple into giving me a free replacement for a phone once. Um, How did you do that? <clears throat> I, I will tell you. I um, got my I, – I had a uh, 3GS. I got the bottom of it wet somehow. I, like, dripped water, I think, on, like, on in in it, like, on the home button and um, into the uh, – the dot connector port so that the water indicators turned reds but it was like the phone barely got wet it's not like I dropped it in a pool or something it was just like water dripped on it but the the home button got all jacked up and like I couldn't I couldn't use it I couldn't even go to the home screen so it was like sort of useless so what I did was I took the phone I cut these tiny 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 pieces of white paper and I manipulated them I like, I, like, wet them so they would stick, and I manipulated them onto the uh, wetness indicators. <laughs> so they turn red when they're activated, but wow. I covered them with paper so they appeared white. And I took my phone, and I was like, I don't know. It doesn't work. The whole <laughs> button's, like, broken. <laughs> and they looked, I saw him look at the indicators, and he was like, yep, everything's, like, oh like he didn't <laughs> notice. And then they replaced the phone. And I, I, I feel bad about it to this day, but also not really because I'm also really proud of myself.
0: It's really crafty, I have to admit. Yeah, I don't know that I would have gone that far.
2: (laughs) Didn't you have a crazy? It took took just a few minutes, but. Huh,
0: (laughs) I was gonna say, didn't you have a crazy incident once, Cesar, with um like a cracked iPad screen, and you also managed to get Apple to replace it, didn't
3: you? That I also was successful with that. I I bought the first iPad right, I think. Yeah, in the opening week or opening day, I went and got it, right? So I have the iPad, and it was the same sort of thrill that I had when I first owned the the first iPhone. I was like, this is really cool. I got to be super careful with it. Don't show it to people on the street because you're going to get mugged. And I was really, like, cautious. And at the time, I had just started dating uh, my boyfriend, my boyfriend now, and he wanted to take a road trip from Chicago to the south. He was gonna show me Atlanta and Nashville and his hometown. So we take this road trip and we're so excited because I said, you know, we're gonna live like kings in this car. We've got music in the iPad, we've got audiobooks, I can check my mail. We're so excited. So on day one, we start driving and we stopped in, oh God, St. Louis, yes. We stopped in St. Louis to this awesome place where they sell these fish sandwiches. So I tell him, okay. I'm not leaving the iPad in the car. And he knows I'm kind of paranoid about that, so he's like, fine, whatever, just bring it with you. And I had it in a, wasn't a case. It was like, did you guys ever have one of those, like, leather sort of folder-looking things that you might take to, like, a job interview? Yeah, oh. like a f- portfolio-type <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, like a portfolio. I had it in there, and I tuck it in there, and I step out of the rental car. We had a rental And, you know, I just sort of get out a little awkwardly. No big deal. I see the thing slide out from the thing, from the the folder. And I've dropped my iPhone a gazillion times. I never cracked the screen. And I'm, you know, low to the ground. I'm maybe like four inches from the ground. So the corner of the iPad hits it. And I've never really owned this thing. I've never dropped it. So I don't know exactly how fragile it might be. It hits. I hear a little crunch, but... I'm like, oh, no big deal. It's just the aluminum, et cetera. I pick it up. The whole screen was shattered, like, in the way that, you know, it just kind (laughs) of looks like one giant spider web. So I was mortified because I spent a lot of money on it, and I was like, what am I going to do? So anyway, I went and took it a week later to the Apple store, and I blamed a relative. (laughs) I said, I said, I said, I was with my niece, and it was brand new, and she didn't know. Oh, not just a relative, how- but like a baby. <laughs> a baby. Oh, wow. They named it a baby. And they dropped it, and it, you know, it shattered in this very weird way. And the Apple genius was, was impressed. He was like, oh, well, you know, the, the way it cracked, it does look very unusual, is what he said. So he said, uh, well, you know, Looks we'll cover like a- this under the warranty. Looks like a baby <laughs> induced crack
0: <laughs> <laughs> didn't, yeah. apple,
2: didn't apple used to be like really understanding about replacing uh screen shattering like they i think it might have it might have stemmed from uh people accusing them of their phones being overly delicate so rather than like put up a fuss they would just replace everything that came back to them but it, I, I feel like that they, was i feel like it was only within the last year or two they started just charging people these exorbitant amounts to fix cracked screens
0: yeah i
1: wonder yeah i think that was mostly in the beginning sorry i wonder if they uh i wonder if they're charging people a lot of money to replace cracked screens and stuff because people are breaking them all the time and then coming in and lying about how it happened (laughs) yeah probably
3: (laughs) well haven't they don't they have a new warranty program now where they will replace it for, with a for a cracked screen at no extra cost if you mm. opt in i think I don't
1: the way think it, the way so. it's apple care plus and i think they'll replace yes. it like once or apple twice for 50 bucks a, a time i think i think that's right but yeah their patience is still yeah. limited
0: i mean yeah, i the last right. time i shattered a screen was like on my iphone 4 and i um I paid to replace it because it was out of warranty, but it was only like a hundred dollars or something, so I mean, I don't know I guess it's it's a matter of whether you're gonna replace your whole phone or not when
2: that kind of thing happens <laughs> um, right i am so. i want to say i d- I cracked my screen also uh about two i think it was two years ago um and I believe I paid. I think it was $100 for the for the Apple Protection Plan Plus and then $100 to replace it. So it was $200 altogether to replace the phone. It sucked.
1: Yeah, I see people in airports and stuff all the time who are just using their phones with a crack, a cracked screen. Like, they've they've just given up and accepted it and have moved on with their lives. <laughs> uh, well,
3: actually, there, there's another phenomenon that I used to tell Jackie about in Chicago, and I've seen it in New York, too. But sometimes if you've achieved very high levels of hipsterdom, you are meant to carry a very cracked iPhone with you. And I saw this on the L. I see it here in Williamsburg. Uh, you just see these people who have basically like shards of glass that they run their hand over and call it an iPhone.
0: Well, the problem it's is like that a... it, actually, it actually is shards of glass if you, if you shatter it bad enough. Like you could get glass in your thumb when you're using it. That's what right. I would really be
3: worried about. But I've seen some people put a like a, basically a screen over it so they can still use it.
0: Yeah, right. I think yeah. Jason uh, Marlin, our tech director, he for a while he had like a piece of um, like just clear tape over his phone, <laughs> and he was just using it that way. Um, so definitely high on the hipster scale, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you, any of you guys have like a crazy data loss? disaster or have you all been lucky in that area
3: I have one terrible story (laughs) okay let's hear it it's quick uh years ago I had a power book like a a a power pc power book you guys remember those and this has happened to a lot of people you get it and right off the bat you you get the kernel panic And from like the second, first, second week that I had it, I just had kernel panics constantly. And I kept on going back to the Apple store and saying, hey, you know, I think it's the motherboard. I was convinced that that's what it was. And they never quite believed me. So they would swap out the RAM and try a bunch of different things. This went on for probably, I think, about a year. And finally, after a year, I just sort of settled into the fact that it sometimes gave me a kernel panic. Uh, and then one day, I had a different kind where it actually corrupted all the data that I had in that computer. And I cried, and then I went to, took it to the store, and I explained that now I had finally actually lost everything that was in that computer. And they swapped out my motherboard. So I, don't know, so, I wasn't happy about that.
0: You weren't able to recover anything?
3: I had a lot of stuff backed up, but the the new stuff that had been written to that drive was completely Uh, corrupted i see i mean the thing the thing just went i would get the two kernel panics. i would get the one that would show you like the matrix style kind of characters on the screen and then i would get the blue one but the thing just fried itself and it was from you know when i first owned it and for some reason they just didn't believe me that something was wrong with the thing i would be there all the time at the apple store
0: I've never really had anything that terrible happen to me, but um, I mean, I I have had. It's usually for me, it's backup drives that will die. So at least it's not my main drive most of the time. But I, <laughs> I do get kind of upset that one of my main backup drives just died last week, and I haven't replaced it. So of course that means now soon something will happen, and uh, I won't have a backup.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, for, for a long time I was like the stereotypical IT guy who. Always was telling people, you know, back your stuff up, back it up every week, back it up all the time, make sure you have a backup, and never, I never actually did it myself. Nice. <laughs> so I've, I've never, luckily, I've, you know, I'm, I'm better now. I have all my backups, and then my backup server is also being backed up. So I'm, I'm good now, but yeah, for, for a long time, I was like the ultimate backup hypocrite. <laughs> no, you really
3: have to do it, because the day it happens, it's so quick. You know, your your whole stuff, all your stuff is gone. It's heart-wrenching.
2: I was going to say, I'm starting to get, like, backup glut. Like, I did a clean install on my computer a while ago, and I was like, oh, I'll just move everything over. But now it's been, like, three months since I did that, and now my new clean install is, like, four-fifths full already, and I still have 500 gigabytes of stuff that I never moved over. It's just, like, an old out of commission backup. I haven't backed up this computer. I have another hard drive <laughs> with I think another 100 gigabytes of stuff. Like I'm getting I have too much now. And like I don't need a lot of it. Like some of it a lot of it's like old like like bad outtakes of videos from 2 years ago that I made. So it's like stuff that I don't really need but there's not really an easy way for me to get rid of it either. So, I'm drowning. <laughs>
0: I have a ton of old hard drives stuffed in a closet that, of course, are not labeled. So I don't, you know, there's no easy way to really see what's on them unless I actually put them into a computer and see. But I'm too lazy because it's all old stuff, like you said. (laughs) It's like if I don't have it on my computer now, (laughs) I probably don't need it. Right. It's Um, it's
3: almost like physical things, you know, if you're cleaning out your house. that If you haven't used it in a year or two, what good is it? You should just get rid of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have that, that... Thing where I'm, I'm worried that the minute I throw something like that out, I will need it like the next day, I'm, like desperately for something. It's like an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what they you're all going, say. You're going down a dark
3: path.
0: So on on the topic of uh, like the minute you don't back up, something disastrous happens. Um, that actually happened to me just a few weeks ago. I um. I was complaining about it on Twitter so some of you guys might have even seen this, but I had this crazy disaster with um this software that I use, MacJournal. Um uh, I use it for articles when I write offline and then I normally sync my uh like the database from MacJournal over Dropbox. But my Dropbox was getting full because I was still using the free tier and um apparently, you know, unbeknownst to me, my stuff was not actually being synced over Dropbox because it was full. And I thought that it was, but it wasn't. And um, so at some point, something happened, and Mac Journal reloaded reloaded, uh, like, an old version of the database. And the story that I wrote had disappeared. So I kind of went crazy. I was trying to find it on Dropbox, um, and I spent hours and hours and hours looking for it. And it wasn't there, because it was never written to Dropbox in the first place. Um, but then I was working with their support people, and... Um, this guy was like, well, if you made a backup of your computer, at least, it should be on the backup because it's, you know, those files are written locally, even if they do seem like they're being written to Dropbox. So, of course, that was a great idea, except that that was right when my backup drive had died and I hadn't backed up in like two weeks. So I didn't have a backup locally. I didn't have a backup on Dropbox. And um, my story's gone forever. So, backup
2: kids. That's so sad. Yeah. No, that's
3: bad. On that uh, Mac Journal note, I want to mention that it is a really great piece of software, but your story made me really glad that just a few weeks before I had switched to Scrivener. Well,
0: Scrivener apparently has the same problem from what I've heard. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, it's not really a problem unless you're trying to do something crazy like what I was doing. (laughs) but apparently it's the well, same thing with a database like it could be overwritten by another computer and then it'll just reload as as the other computer's version
3: well maybe that's something we should i was going to say we should maybe that's something we should compare and maybe test because uh i i i didn't know that it has the same issue but i've noticed that on um scrivener especially the latest versions it's pretty good about telling me that it's using um it's it's creating a, an alternate or an earlier version of the file. So it'll tell me all the time, like, oh, I have conflicting files here, but uh, it'd be nice to compare them side by side because I, I used to use Mac Journal a ton, and now you've put fear in my heart that <laughs> it's going to happen to me again. <laughs> I want to know. I want to be sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean,
0: for what it's worth I- – I've never actually used Scrivener. This is just what I've heard from like John Broadkin and other people that they've had the same problem. So, So yeah, maybe we should find out.
1: Yeah, like what happened to me with Scrivener is I'm like always jumping from computer to computer. Like I've got my desktop and I've got my laptop and then sometimes I'm working, like I'm typing on review laptops too. And so I would always like, you know, type something in Scrivener, I would save it and then I would jump on another computer that was, you know, syncs with my Dropbox. And I would open the file up before Dropbox had had time to sync my changes, and and Scrivener will just like assume now that that's the latest copy of the file, and not like you'll just lose all the stuff that you that you worked on. So yeah, that's the that's the problem that I've had with it. And now I'm just now I just do text edit <laughs> like I it's it's bare oh, yeah. bones, but it's reliable. So.
0: Yeah, I, I mean it's not exactly the same problem, but is it's generally the same problem as Mac Journal, I think, because it's it's the same. Like I sync it from different computers, and then I think at some point one or both of the computers will get confused about what version they actually have open, and then same thing. Like you'll lose your changes. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, I love Mac Journal. <laughs>
2: My problem with the Dropbox backup thing is that a lot of times i'll quit out of dropbox to like conserve battery life and then forget that i ever quit out of it so like my um my stuff will be backing up to it but only to the local folder and then it won't get synced to the cloud so then you know if my computer decides to kernel panic or whatever like there's potential to lose that stuff there Mm -hmm. so
0: so again, <laughs> make your backups. Yep, especially especially local backups because you never really can trust the cloud fully.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: No, we're we're definitely not there yet. There's a lot of attention you have to give it, and I do the same thing. I, if I switch computers, which I often do, I have to kind of wait, let it sink, and then I. All, I this sounds superstitious, but I let I just watch the screen for like. 30 seconds, make sure everything's okay and nothing's moving. And then I'll move to the other computer and see if my file has synced correctly. It's, it's annoying.
0: So I have a question. This is kind of back to the dropping stuff in water, but have you guys ever had success with the whole bag of rice thing or, or what? I mean, everyone's always telling me to try it, but I've never tried it.
2: Bag of rice. I just did not work. Um, but I have had, uh, this was with an old cell phone so like I I feel like those are hardier. Uh this was like maybe 6 years ago now, but uh with a flip phone I had success putting it in the oven after it got wet for like oh, wow. at the lo- like the lowest setting for like an hour maybe or 2 hours and that worked. Which is pretty crazy, so.
3: And no, you certainly did not put any toxic chemicals into your house by burning plastic in your oven. I'm sure you <laughs> I did. I mean,
2: no, no, no. It, it couldn't it couldn't have burned. It was like at, it was like 150 degrees. Maybe it was. Just, it was a light. It was a light toast. It was a crisp. It wasn't. It wasn't.
0: A, it wasn't
3: full on bake. <laughs> no, no burnt edges, which is you know right. something we want to avoid. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure
0: that I could tell anyone to try that one, but I'm glad it
3: worked. <laughs> Probably not. So, so I have had problems twice with two different MacBook Airs. It's my favorite laptop that Apple has made up to date, and that means I take it everywhere, right? And last year when I had just started working at ours, I was in Berlin. I don't know if you recall this, Jackie. I was in Berlin. I went out one morning to go work and off I go. And what I had seen so many people do it a million times before I did it. I just had a cup of coffee and oop, just, you know, a little drop there on the keyboard. And at the time I was not too scared about dropping liquid on the keyboards. I had, you know, had droplets on my laptops before. So I thought, oh, no big deal. You know, so I, I just kind of dabbed it with a, a napkin and I thought I'm, I'll be back in business in no time. And suddenly the screen got like a big white band on it, like the pixels got brighter essentially. And then it started getting weirder and weirder. And the whole screen was kind of just screwing up the whole day. And it, I didn't even put two and two together that I should go and like put this thing on rice But later I did, went home, and I left it that way. I think it was over the weekend. Anyway, it worked. And that that MacBook Air was up and sailing again. I was so happy. Then I moved to New York last year, and within the first two weeks, I go to a coffee shop. I'm working, and this time, same thing, coffee on the the keyboard. And I didn't panic. I thought, oh, the, the rice will save me. But... It didn't have a more than one, two uh, lives. It, yeah, I tried, did my best, and I finally took it to the Apple store, and they opened it up, and it was full of gunk from the liquid inside, but they said, you know, that everything in here is completely fried. So I, the rice works, but up, up to a certain point, I guess.
0: Now, I remember the Berlin thing, but for some reason I thought you had spilled like a whole cup of coffee into it. I didn't realize it was just like a drip because in that case, well, it almost makes the situation even more freakish. Like, whose computer freaks out with a drip on the keyboard?
3: Yeah, It was a little drip, and what it did is it uh, it would still turn on, but the screen was so messed up, I couldn't really read it. And I thought, oh, you know, this thing's going to die on me any day now. And I, did, I didn't have my time machine backups with me over there, so I was kind of panicking because I needed to have a good backup in order to you know, revive it if if it totally died. But it had a little bit more time after that. It, it just didn't make it past September. <laughs> so now I have a new one, and I'm super careful with it.
0: So the other kind of trick that I have heard about a million times but I've never tried is um, putting, like, half-dead hard drives in the freezer, um, which I guess I, I have the general idea of of that working, but I've never tried that either. Have any of you guys done it? Or is that, like, an old-fashioned thing?
2: I'd never heard that before, actually.
0: Really? I yeah. I think it used to be more popular popular than it is now. Um, yeah, like, I feel theory, like the, when a the hard
1: drive is getting ready to die, like, you put it in the freezer, and it makes little parts in there, like, shrink just a little bit and maybe, like, fall back into place for long enough for you to get your stuff off of it. It's, yeah, it always, it's it's one of those, like old wives tales or something that i've i've heard a lot but i've i've never actually seen it work or tried it myself.
0: Yeah, i feel like this is a thing that like the r's forums used to recommend a lot. And um but yeah, i don't know of course i don't i'll say this and then we'll get a million commenters saying, "Oh yeah, i do that all the time." But um i yeah, i don't know that i know anyone who's actually had success with it. But i guess when your data is is dying and you can't get something off a hard drive, you'll try anything. So who knows? True.
3: Andrew, so now that we have so many more devices with SSD instead of hard drives, it seems to me that things that people need to think about are different because hard drives have a ton of moving parts, but SSDs really don't. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: yeah, Like with a, with a hard drive, a lot of the times what would fail would be the little tiny moving head that actually reads data off of the disc but with uh with SSDs there's no moving parts but the little memory cells in there are only good for so many like you can only write data to them so many times and so people I don't think over the normal course of a laptop's life like 3 to 5 years or whatever I don't think people are going to notice any failures because mm-hmm. of that but as they proliferate and as you know as devices like the the lifetimes on them lengthen um I think people will people start to run into problems where their SSDs just no longer want to save their data anymore.
0: I wonder if there's a way that you can get a warning that that is, you know, about to happen. Because what if you are one of these people who only occasionally makes backups and then all of a sudden one day your SSD dies? You don't really have, like, much recourse, I guess.
1: Yeah, just, you know, keep backups and... Um, don't use a, don't use the same laptop for 10 years. I guess those are the things that you.
0: (laughs) Details, details. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyone else have any stories about terrible things that happened to their, uh, gadgets?
1: Yeah, a lot of the disasters that we've mentioned so far have kind of been accidents or just normal hardware failures and things that aren't really our faults. But a lot of my worst ones have been kind of self-inflicted because I like to think that I can, I can fix things and, and save money. <laughs> um, once I, uh, I bought a DS Lite in like 2006, right when they first came out. And I, over the years, I just played it so much that the the bottom screen, the touch screen, got scratched up and just stopped kind of responding to input. And uh, so you can buy a replacement touch screen for like 20 or $30, like way less than the cost of just replacing the entire system. So I bought a touch screen. I took the whole thing apart. I replaced the screen. I mean, it was, you know, there's a lot of little tiny ribbons and stuff in there, but it was going well so far and right as i was snapping the case back together i snapped the power button off and i could not get it to go back on <laughs> yeah cuz if you can't turn it on it's it's it doesn't really help you that the touch screen is brand new <laughs> No, I believe that I, I, I ended up buying a replacement, and I think that, that DS is in the bottom of a box somewhere, just like a testament to my to my do-it-yourself failure.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, th- I guess we'll wrap up this call. For those of you who are listening, you probably will not know because of Cesar's amazing um, editing skills, but we have had numerous uh, Skype-related disasters <laughs> during this call, so um, we're taking that as a sign that we should not have tried to talk about disasters. (laughs) So thank you all for listening. Um, Let us know about your own disasters and what you did in in the comments on ours or on iTunes or SoundCloud. um, And be sure to leave us uh, feedback on the show. And we are happy that you're all here. (laughs) So thanks, guys.
2: (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you.
1: GarageBand should have achievements. Though. Wouldn't
3: that be awesome? Mm-hmm. Speaking of achievements, I I never played it in all the decades until now. I never played Bejeweled on the Sega Genesis, <laughs> and I just got it for my iPad Mini. You guys, I can't stop playing it. What's it called? Bejeweled.
2: Oh, Bejeweled, really?
3: Oh my god! <laughs> it's like I've discovered you know- Tetris for the first time.
2: I've never I've never been a huge fan of Bejeweled, really. Yeah, me neither. Didn't didn't strike me, but.
1: Some people have made some like versions of Bejeweled that I've liked very much. Like, there's this one called Puzzle Quest that's that's basically it's very Bejeweled ish, but you have like a character that you level up and you're like fighting against skeletons and stuff. Like, it's 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 kind of it's kind of a weird juxtaposition, but uh, I don't know, it, it makes me like it more.
3: I, I would love that. I'm gonna check that <laughs> one out. This one comes with uh, a version where you can play with um, like crystal butterflies. And I'm convinced they made this one for gay kids to like hook them on the iPad. <laughs> I can't stop playing that one; it's so good. <laughs> they just burst into glass. I love it.
0: Wow. I I I tried to play Bejeweled like once or twice, but I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. I um the last one that I got into besides the traditional like Tetris and stuff was this game for PS3 called Lumens, and um it's sort of Tetris like, but it's not exactly. And um. Man, I loved Lumens. I was so sad that you couldn't play it on any other platform.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I guess I killed that conversation. <laughs> <laughs>